Hi friends, welcome to In the Audience. My name is Sienna Gomez and I'm your host for this bi-weekly podcast where I get to interview my friends, my mentors, and friends' friends from different stages of my life and different stages of their lives. These are people that we would personally pay to sit in the audience of. There are people that we want to champion in different spheres of life or professionalism. They are maybe not the experts in the field and they're maybe not as well known as the names you would think of with different topics, but they have valuable insight. This podcast was born out of the idea that everybody has somebody in their audience and everybody has something worth hearing and worth saying. I hope you enjoy your time here. Welcome again to In the Audience. Tell the people and tell me (laughs) who you are, uh, where you live, just a little bit about yourself, like set the stage. Well, I am Taylor Victoria Isaac, but I go by Taylor Victoria. Um, I am a... I call myself a country girl with the city girl mentality from Rock Hill, South Carolina, born and raised. Um, A girl who loves Jesus, loves all things music, all things Disney, the Dallas Cowboys, and iced coffee, because I think hot coffee is a disgrace and a crime. So, yeah, I I don't like hot coffee. It's gross. I don't know. I don't know. Strong statement. I have I strong feelings about my coffee. I need it iced. And if the color does not look like Beyonce's wig, I'm not drinking it. I need it like nice and light and creamy. <laughs> okay, I got it. Well, that gives me a lot of good context. <laughs> so I don't know where South Carolina has been on the map of the pandemic and when, if you guys have shut down or whatever, but what things have occupied your time? Because I know I've seen things on Instagram and we've chatted a little bit about things, mm-hmm. but if you could give me a overview snapshot of what your COVID experience has been like at home, what would it be? COVID, I think first started here. The first like memory I have of it, like, okay, we started to shut down was in March. Mm-hmm. So I had gone to visit my uh, grandma with my mom and we were coming back for an event for church and they were like, hey, it's canceled. Everything is shutting down. And we were like, oh, this is weird. This is some Armageddon type stuff. This is kind of not normal, you know, for us. Um, But I've been home. So as much as I love to be a 25-year-old not living at home, hey, I'm a 25-year-old living at home. It is what it is. Um, I used to think of it as a negative, but now I'm like, I get to save. And, you know, I don't have to pay for it (laughs) until that time goes. So it's been interesting. A lot of new beginnings, I guess you could say, or figuring stuff out, rediscovery, I guess would be this stage of life I would label myself being in during COVID. It's like rediscovering. I'm rediscovering, you know, how I view God, how I view myself, how I view the world around me and everything that is going on. Like 2020 has just been a whole nother level between elections and all the social injustice and like we could go on and on and I know you and I have talked about it forever but especially more in depth these past couple weeks but it's been interesting it's not something I would have asked for but surprisingly it has been everything I needed plus some so I'm not mad at it for me Mm -hmm. I know other people might have their own opinions and their own journeys and stories with 
COVID and everything, but for me, it's been a blessing in disguise, as weird as that can sound. For me, it has. You mean like, so do you mean like this season of rediscovery has been a gift for you? For sure. Um, especially with my falling in and out of love and now falling madly in love again with like singing, especially opera. It's been a huge rediscovery period. And, you know, I always call him Sneaky Jesus, like, cause he'll come in and just, hey, you didn't think I knew, but this is what I'm gonna tell you, you don't know about yourself. Uh, he's done a lot of that for me, especially these past couple of weeks. And I'm like, I didn't ask you for all of that, but thanks, like, okay, <laughs> like, leave me alone now. Um, but a lot of rediscovery of who he is, how I really view him, do I really trust him? Do I like myself? Do I trust myself? So it's been a lot of rediscovery and more and more every day I'm falling more in love with myself and with him and with the process. I never would have thought at 25 I'd be here, but in the long scope of things and seeing how far I've come and where I would like to be, it was necessary and it's needed and I'm appreciative for it. So I'm not going to stay here forever, you know, but I'm thankful for it. Mm -hmm. Taylor, so you have talked about this a few times with expectations, and you've mentioned it, like, I think twice already so far, of being 25 and living at home, and this isn't where I thought I would be, but this is where I am, and it won't last forever, but this is yeah. where I'm at right now. So I guess, did you expect to be somewhere else, or what had you expected when you were, like, 18, dreaming towards 25, or 21, dreaming towards 25? What did you think life would look like? Not this. Um, definitely thought I'd be living somewhere overseas because I've always wanted to travel and perform overseas. So ideally, it would have been like Italy. I'd be in Italy. I'd be singing and doing all the shows and drinking all the good coffee. Preferably they had it iced, not hot. Um, I thought I'd be married. I thought I'd have a baby or two by now. Uh, but clearly, none of that has happened. Um, and before I would have been super mad and super upset about it. And now I am okay with it and seeing so much that I needed to work on myself before any of that happened. Um, so that's been a gift, especially with being in a relationship or being married. There's so much I needed to work on myself with before I even got connected with a guy and dated or gotten married because I honestly feel like had that happened without me being you know working on myself more I would have possibly ruined that relationship and like our future together um so there's always a blessing in disguise so I definitely thought by you know 18 21 this would not be it but I am loving this season I honestly think that there's probably quite a few of us who are in this stage of life where maybe post-college, um, kind of pre-long-term career that we're still trying to figure life out and we're still trying yeah. to ask questions and understand our new friend groups and getting involved in different spaces and all of this stuff. But what does it look like for you, I guess, to practice contentment? And also, I mean, would you say that there's like an aspect of grieving what you thought was? Oh, for sure. For sure. I've literally... I have a bazillion journals. I am a huge journaler. So I have currently eight journals that are like my go-tos, but there's one in particular where I wrote and I was like, okay, I am angry with you, Jesus, right now because I could have sworn 
that I was going to be married. I could have sworn that I was going to be performing. I could have sworn that I was going to have some babies by now. So it's definitely a grieving process and a grieving factor to it. And then for me, the contentment part came after I had to like hand that over to Jesus and go, you know, my heart, you know what I want, yeah, but it might not be what I need at this moment. So I guess you're the only one that can fix it because you're the one who created me. So you know me better than I know myself, clearly. Um, and then for me, another part of learning to be content has been, has been really being intentional about filling each day, perfecting or becoming better at my gifts and talents that he's given me. I want to hit on one of the things that you said towards the beginning of that of your answer but you mm -hmm. said like hey Jesus I'm angry at you um mm -hmm. and I think for for some people like the aspect of being angry at at God sounds like a ooh, I don't know that I'm supposed to do that and taboo, you can't do it yeah right like taboo and I think with even in my own experience of like feeling my emotions it took me a lot of unraveling of what I thought what I thought my emotions were and what I thought my relationship with God was in order for me to get to this space of, Hey, it's okay for me to come to God and say, Oh, I'm just so yeah. angry about this. Or I don't understand God, why you would lead me into this space. And it wouldn't turn out the way that I thought it was going to be or expectations or things like that. And actually a couple of guests ago, I had Cindy, my friend Cindy on, and she actually talked about those things. We talked about expectations and expectations when you're moving into a season. And we talked about gratefulness. And one of yeah. her kind of recommendations is like, if for anybody, like just writing down what you are grateful for and things like that and how that can shift even your mental state. So it yeah. sounds like you're, you're really practicing those things. Like you're practicing being honest with God about your emotions and your feelings towards him and towards situations, you're grieving them. And you're also acknowledging the things that you're grateful for or content. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a process. Even Annie F. Downs, who is an incredible Christian author, who, for those who don't know her, she's amazing. I am obsessed with her. I was seeing her story on Instagram a couple of days ago. And she said she was having a really hard day of just like, ah, I'm wrestling between these feelings. And she showed in her journal where she started out with writing all of her fears of like, God, I fear this, I feel this. But then the second half of her page was, but I'm thankful for. Mm. And she said, by the time I finished writing, I couldn't even think of the fears anymore. Even though they were clearly there on paper, mm -hmm. the thankfulness had taken over that space. And for me, having to think of, especially with everything going on with COVID, like, okay, everything's not perfect, but compared to other people that are going through hard situations right now, I have more good than outweighs the bad. So why focus on the bad stuff? You know, like focus on what's in front of me. That's good. Think about the friends that I have that are major, a major key in me being content and really enduring the season because they let me grieve if I need to and figure things out. And then they go, okay, you know, your feelings are valid, but let's go back to the cross. Let's go back to his word. And for me, that's what I needed 
especially as a creative, sometimes you can get stuck in a rut, in a mundane, I don't understand things. But when I go back to the cross, everything starts to make a little more sense. And if it still does it, he reveals. I have to keep going back to him though, but he'll reveal it in time, as long as I'm consistent about spending time with him. Whether that's a simple, hey Jesus, thank you for another day. Thanks, going about my business, later on journaling. I hear something, I might hear a song and hear a lyric and go, oh, okay. You know, as a creative, certain things, I guess, normal people, sorry, I don't want to put y'all in a box, but normal people wouldn't like pay attention to. For me, my ears and eyes are always open. So I could definitely hear a song and it doesn't necessarily have to be a deep spiritual worship song. It could be a country song and there's a lyric that sticks out to me and I go, oh, okay, I see you, Jesus. I got you, you know. So that's how my mind works. Mm -hmm. What does it mean for you to be a quote unquote creative? I watched Sister Act 2 last night. Follow me. I know this is going to sound weird, but follow me. This will make sense. And there is a scene in there where Whoopi Goldberg's character is talking to Lauren Hill's character about wanting to sing. But her mom doesn't want her to sing, and she's frustrated and trying to figure things out. And Whoopi Goldberg hands her a book and goes, you need to read it. And there's a part in here where they talk about this, this, that, and the third. And she was like, what does this have to do with me? And Whoopi goes, if you wake up in the morning and all you can think about is singing, then you are meant to be a singer. And for me, that's how I am. I wake up in the morning and the, besides, thank you, Jesus, you know, my eyes are open, I can move all my limbs. The second thing I'm thinking about is how can I be creative today? So for me, creativity looks like singing. It looks like performing. It looks like journaling, songwriting. It looks like pursuing, continuing to grow my new home decor business. For me, the creativity is more of a, I want to be on stage. How did you get into that? I started singing when I was seven, unbeknownst to me or anyone around me that I could actually sing. Um, I grew up in a musical family and musical environment. My dad and my uncles were DJs. Um, my great grandma sang in a gospel quartet, which we think is where I got my singing gift from. Um, so we have a lot of different channels and aspects. But when I was seven, I got asked to sing at my church for a segment we called On Time. So right before we have Sunday Night Bible class, someone would sing, dance, do a spoken word, something funny, like a, what's like a comedy act or sketch, something like that before service started. And someone approached my mom and was like, hey, can Taylor sing for us? My mom was like, sure, why not? Not knowing I could sing, me not knowing I can sing. And so I ended up picking a song to sing, which um, was Open My Heart by Yolanda Adams. And my mom let me do it. I remember opening up my mouth to sing and seeing my mom in the back of the church. And she was like, what the heck? She can really sing and everyone else going she could really sing. <laughs> so that was a, uh, what's a frozen moment into the unknown. That was an into the unknown moment, not knowing I could sing, but letting me do it anyway. A mm -hmm. um, couple years down the line, still singing and performing. Fast forward to high school. I auditioned to attend the governor's school 
for performing arts here in South Carolina and prepared to audition for both acting and singing. I destroyed my acting in the worst way possible. I, it was awful. Like I was just so nervous. Mm. I couldn't remember anything. Try to fumble my way through it. Looked to them and was like, don't worry. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and walk out. You don't have to tell me. That's okay. <laughs> and I laughed at it to this day because I was awful. Um, I was just so nervous. And then with singing, I was like, I got this. I'm going to nail this. Got there, sang my little song, killed it. Get a letter in the mail a couple of weeks later. We're sorry to announce that you have been denied acceptance into the school. I was like, what the heck? My mom was taken aback. My dad was taken aback. We're like, what's going on? And she was working at the YMCA. One of the members there um, was an opera singer. We're now an opera singer. And she asked him if he could help like assess my voice maybe just to see what I can work on for future reference. He was like, sure, I could, but my wife is the one who's much better at that. So I can give you her information, met the lady, did my first true vocal assessment. An hour later at the end of it, she goes, oh my gosh, you should be singing opera. Hmm. And I was like, who? There, there's another black girl in this room because I know you're not talking to me. She was like, yeah, you can, you can sing opera. Like, you should really do it. And I immediately was like, no, I'm not. Ain't no 17, 16-year-old Black girl in South Carolina singing opera. Like, this is just not the norm for me to be doing right now. And she encouraged me to do it. And she was like, I will stick with you. We'll, we'll learn and grow together. And she kept her word. And something that was completely unknown to me became the door that opened so much for me. It allowed me, it being opera, allowed me to open for a renowned opera singer, Denise Graves, um, doing a stint here at Opera Carolina in Charlotte for an opera. It allowed me to see my first opera, which was um, Il Travatore. Um, it allowed me to get basically a full ride to my dream college, which again, I thought was gonna be somewhere far away. I thought I was gonna go to school to UGA and be a part of their music school there. I was gonna marry a football player. We were gonna be the, the couple. And Jesus was like, no, you're going to an all women's college in South Carolina, which is much smaller. Um, but again, it's what I needed. So opera allowed me to do so many incredible things. And even though I was starting to like it, I still, didn't fully embrace it because for me, as I reflect, I think there was a lack of confidence in myself for a lot of years that built up because I'm like, there's so many people that are better than me and this and that. If you ask me, one of my best friends, Iman, is the best singer on planet earth and we're both two singers and I always compare myself to her and I'm learning not to do that. But it was the mixture of a lack of confidence in myself and really not trusting God. Like he's the one who gave me the ability to do opera, but I wasn't willing to accept it because I was so scared. Like, mm -hmm. what if I do this and I actually succeed? Or what if I do this and I really fail? It, it's that oxymoron of being in love with something, but letting the unknown terrified me at the same time, which eventually the unknown terrifying side 
one for a while. And now I'm in a season of rediscovery of learning just how much like I really miss it and how much I love it. Um, one of my idols, for lack of better terms, um, Jesse Norman, who is a, again, another renowned opera singer, she passed away last year. And so her 75th birthday was this week and the opera community came together and did a celebration for her. And I was sitting there and I got really emotional and was like, man, I keep telling myself I can't do it and I can't do this and I can't do that. But I was given an example to follow. Like here is this beautiful black woman who, you know, made her opera debut in the 60s. And we all know the 60s was not the perfect time for black people, you know, racial tensions then. And I was like, if she can do all of that to be an example for a future generation whose name she wouldn't know like me, how dare I complain and how dare I not fulfill the purpose that God has given me in that area, you know, to shine. I hear that Jessie is important for you. Even I got to see your post on Instagram honoring her and the list of things that you had said about her, about her inspiring you and influencing you in the field of opera. If she was a third person in this call, what would you, what would you say to Jessie? Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, I mean, for someone like me to see a true representation and a parallel of the things that I have walked through and my growing up and to see the parallel of her doing the same, to me proves that it is possible and that I can do it. Um, I'm sorry that I let you down for letting my fears overtake the gift that has been given to me and you've shown that I can really pursue and I'm gonna make you proud. That's, that's probably what I would tell her. But it's funny how even if you've seen so many people do things and you have representations and examples right in front of you, <laughs> a lack of confidence in your own self can keep you away from succeeding every single time. And that's how it was for me. And now I'm starting to realize just how much I let that affect so much that could have gone another way. She's, she's huge. Like I, and I don't think she's just huge for black women or black girls. I think she's huge for any person to look up and inspire to be like, or follow after. Yeah. It sounds like you've had just a back and forth relationship with, opera in general and not just opera it sounds like with things that have been laid on your heart to like do it just sounds like you've got had a back and forth relationship with them and I would love to know mostly because it's I don't know that everybody is the type of person that's like oh I'm really talented in this so I'm just going to go for it and you said so mm -hmm. yourself that the lack of self-confidence and the fear can hold you back from so many different things or so many different ways of like how life could have looked at this point. So yeah. then it takes us back a little bit to like those expectations of, I expected, I mean, if fear didn't control me or if these things didn't happen, I would have expected that I'd be at a different place by now. Yeah. Or when you're saying, Oh, I'm talented in this and I'm good at this. If I wouldn't have let this kind of rule over my life, I would be in a different space. So how do I hold those two things in tension? the fear and the acknowledgement that like, hey, I'm actually gifted in this and I can be confident in it. How do you hold those two things? 
I think for me, it's, I keep using the phrase, um, but it really is uh, into the unknown sort of situation. So for me, yes, I know that I'm gifted in this area, but I still don't know what it all could bring, it's gonna bring, like what's gonna happen down the line. And I feel like each day there's something that every person is going to walk through or deal with that is scary. Life is scary. <laughs> you know, you can be super churchy and, you know, I'm not scared of anything. Yes, I think we're all dealing with something. It might not be visible to everyone else, but I think we all struggle with things. And holding that tension allows me personally to go, okay, I can't do this by myself. So the only reliable factor that I know to be consistent and a constant throughout everything is Christ. So holding that tension allows me to go, okay, I, I'm nervous, I'm scared. I can retreat or I can go to my safety net. And my safety net is always Christ. So the tension has allowed me to lean on him more. And as I'm leaning on him more, I'm learning that what I thought was unreachable, I can actually reach and I can succeed at because he's gifted me with that. And he's never not going to give you anything that one that, I don't want to put it, he's not going to give you anything that will, that you can't succeed at. I'll just play that. He's not going to give you anything that you can't succeed at. And even if you don't feel like you can, going, for me, going back to the source shows me that I can succeed at it and that he's going to give me everything that I need. He's going to equip me with every good thing to do what he wants me to do. So with singing he's equipped me with the gift okay what do i need to not just be a good singer but be the singer that he wants me to be and fulfilling god his purpose okay i gotta practice i gotta study <laughs> so it's practicing each day it's doing me the theory it's studying yeah so it's the unknown that can be scary especially for creatives but people in general because we're all dealing with an unknown but the unknown is already known by someone, so you don't have to deal with it by yourself, you know? So it sounds like, going back to what you said, I also think that you have to define success because I don't think that success is gonna look the same way that it looked for like, like for you as it does for another opera singer, right? Like, this definition of success also has to be really laid out though too, because if saying a statement like, if, if, God's on, if God is going to equip you and give you the giftings and the resources that you need to succeed in a specific area, there's also ownership because what you just said is, I have to study. I have to practice. Um, if I'm going to lean into this gift and this thing that I already know that I'm pretty good at, I'm going to lean into it. That means I'm going to study and research and watch videos and take a master class and do this other music, music theory class, right? Those things are things that you are taking action on that have been provided for you, but also knowing that your output or your success um, is probably going to look different. And I think if I'm leaning into this gift that I have and I'm going to do my, my best with it, what is, how do you quantify or how do you define success? My success, I guess I would define it as I'm making God proud. First and foremost, I'm fulfilling what he's called me to do and knowing that no one can do it like I can do. Just like no one could do what Jesse can do. No one can do what Sienna can do. No one can do what 
you know, Jim Bob can do. I can only do what I can do. And that for me is fulfilling the purpose that God has put in front of me in singing, in performing, in songwriting, home decor, all these creative facets that he's given me. But also on a personal level of being a good daughter, of being a good sister, of being a good friend. Um, to me, that's just as successful, even more so successful than, you know, being on a big stage and all that kind of stuff. So for me, success is making God proud and executing the purpose that he has for my life in a way that only I can do. That's good. Yeah. And he'll tell me that. He'll tell me, you know, hey, I'm proud of you. You did a good job. And if I'm off in some way, God is very blunt with me about a lot of stuff. <laughs> so I know if I'm off or he needs to jack me up, he will jack your girl up and he will make it known. But like you said, success is going to look differently for a whole lot of people. And for me, I have to make sure that the success of making God proud is first, because if not, then I can struggle with comparison problems and comparison issues. And that used to be a really hard struggle for me. So I have to keep Christ as the focus for me in order to not fall back into that old trap. Right. And it, and I hear in this, like, I hear that you walking through, man, I need to, I need to own what only I can do it's not limited, but it's like unleashed because it's who I am. That That's where my success is, is when I'm staying true to myself and owning my gift and walking out of that, as opposed to, oh, my success is defined as Jesse Norman's success. And that's how I have to operate and be in order for this to be counted as successful. And then if you are leaning into this aspect of like self-confidence, then <laughs> I hear my success is only what I can do. How does that affect your self-confidence? It's, it's like a big confidence booster. Because you go, for me, and Sienna knows, because we, we're friends behind scenes, not just with this, but how much I struggled with self-confidence for years. And again, 2020 being a blessing in disguise for me, God was like, hey, you really don't like yourself. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm, I'm good. He's like, no, 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 no. And self-confidence or the lack of self-confidence caused me to do things and walk through things I never would have thought I would have done or walked through. One being um, a 10-year battle with pornography. Hard. Like, I, I, it sounds weird. I guess if you've never dealt with it, then it might sound weird. But for me, um, not feeling like I could do certain things or I wasn't pretty enough to be on stage. It wasn't pretty enough in real life or, you know, all my friends are dating and all these things and I'm single. I wanted to feel that type of love from something. So that became what I clinked or clung to. <laughs> Make sure I use the right grammar, clung to. Um, and it tore me down more than it built me up. But as much as I wanted to get out of it, I was stuck. Um, and tomorrow will be a year in nine months clean from pornography. So thank you, Jesus. And then the Lord was like, hey, you have a food addiction. And I was like, can I not have not one problem? <laughs> like, what the heck? But my lack of confidence was causing me to go, okay, well, I'll never look like so-and-so. So I'll just eat because clearly I'm not going to be that small. And it was a vicious cycle. And I had a friend call it out and me and was like, yeah, 
I wouldn't have put it as a prediction, but I know you've been walking around this same mountain forever and ever and ever. So now that the Lord has freed me from those things and I am being active at pursuing being in his face more of finding my confidence in him and finding my reassurance in him, I love who I am. I love the space that I'm in. I love that I get to be an example for other people around me. I love that I am a young black woman with curls and loud mouth and all these different things that make me me that someone else might not have or probably won't have because there's only one Taylor Victoria. But if I can be the best in that and I can show other people that it's possible and they're okay just the way they are, then I've done something right. So I think self-confidence is definitely key in a lot of areas. And again, for me, it comes from my relationship with Christ. Because when I was outside of that, I was comparing myself to everyone left and right and failing tremendously at pursuing my purpose because I was so distracted. I was looking backwards when God was like, hey, I'm not back there. I'm in front of you, but you've got to look in order to get out of this. First of all, thank you for sharing because that is vulnerable stuff when you're talking about, I mean, the things that historically for when people talk about these subjects of like pornography pornography or addiction, mm-hmm. those are things that are like in the closet, right? That they don't yeah. want to talk about and that they're not comfortable with. So I am honored that you would choose this space to share. And for the people who are listening, Taylor and I have had a conversation offline about kind of what she has wanted to share and the way that she wants to honor her life and her story. And this is part of it. So Taylor, thank you for, I think your bravery and honest honesty towards um, the things that you have struggled with or the things that have kind of held on to you and you're in different seasons of your life. And it also sounds like you're really working through just the self-confidence and it's, and and it's kind of sweet to see that your self-confidence has been growing as you've been leaning into this creative side of your gifts. And it's so cool to see. Do you see that shift in you of myself, like your self-confidence growing as you're leaning into this creative side of you coming back to opera, starting your home decor business? I'm starting to see it more. At first I didn't, it was still like foggy. Um, But again, I was so busy looking backwards at gosh I can't believe I did that I can't believe I thought this and God's like look forward look at me let go let's move forward um so I'm starting to see it more and again it's cool to see unfold um and I love the people that I have around me that constantly reassure me that they've seen growth and that they're proud of me, which again, is all I ever want is for God to be proud and those in my life to be proud of me. So um, I was on the phone yesterday with one of my friends and she was like, I'm just really proud of you. Like compared to what you were dealing with in college or even what you were dealing with last month and seeing the growth that you are pursuing, I'm so proud of you. And that is the encouragement that I need. My love language is words of affirmation. So hearing someone say that they're proud of me or that they see what I've been working so hard to do behind closed doors, Mm -hmm. it only pushes me forward. It only makes me want to go, okay, let's keep going. Hmm. I, I would love for you to, I mean, as we're starting to wrap up, when you're thinking about 
how people have called things out in you. So earlier you talked about the example of somebody in your life who called out that you can do opera. You can do this. You had mentioned too that one of your close friends had say, said and kind of called out the addiction side of how you're going to food, like a food addiction. And talking about how friends in your life have called out these things in your life that are either hard or they're really good. Mm -hmm. So something like, hey, I've seen you grow so much in this. How do, why do you think it's important for us to have at any stage of life, at any age, why do you think it's important for us to have friends who call out the unknown, who call out the hard things, and who call out the good things? Why is that important? I might have something that you don't have and vice versa. So having someone who's opposite of you in those areas can cause you to succeed in so many areas. So having someone with the gift of discernment in me going, hey, I see this in you. You can do this allowed me to step out and try not knowing what I could do not knowing what it could lead to and here I am that was when I was 16 so almost 10 years later and I'm in something that had she not called out I possibly would have never tried the good I mean everyone always likes hearing good things and always being complimented and all that kind of stuff um for me it I keep saying it, but it shows me that I'm doing something great, like I'm making someone proud. And to call out the bad, because for me, having a friend, when I told her I was struggling with pornography, and when I told her I, she, well, she had seen me dealing with my weight and all this kind of stuff, for her to call that out in me, took it from a, okay, I know I'm dealing with it, but maybe it's not that bad, hmm. to a, okay it's starting to show. So many people's lives depend on your story and what you do on this earth. Do you want that to be the only thing they see? It's what the bad outweigh all the good. And it changes the perspective. It shifted things for me. And I was like, I don't want to be known as the girl who was given a voice, but let pornography take over. I don't want to be the girl who was given, you know, the ability to write songs or poetry, but she spent so much time eating that she didn't do it anymore. I don't want to be the girl who loves kids and loves working with children, but because I'm going to compare myself to other people, I'm not going to give my best care to this child that I'm caring for. It, you know, it all kind of intertwines itself if you're not careful. Mm -hmm. So having those friends to go, hey, I see this, we might need to work on it, but not just stopping there going, hey, I would like to walk through this with you. I'm here with you. I'm not going to let you suffer. It takes it to a whole other level. And just as those people caught up the unknown, caught up the good and caught up the bad in me, I get to do that for other people in my life. Yeah. I, first of all, I'm incredibly proud of you. Like that, I think that there's a lot in that of, it is really hard to let people in. It's really hard to let people in to those deeper, um, deeper, maybe closet spaces of our hearts yeah. and of our minds, even like I think of my friends who can struggle silently with mental illness and they don't share because they're ashamed. I think of my friends who have struggled with pornography or addictions in any sense, and they don't share because they're ashamed. And I, Taylor, I just see in you this environment of vulnerability and authenticity to share the true things of your life and of your heart. And I truly believe that that's a gift to those around you. And I'm so proud of you. 
Uh, I'm proud to know you. Um, yeah, I think that you are a gift to those around you and your authenticity, I think truly can bring healing for other people to hear that you have walked this road, that you are free from certain chains in your own life and that you're still working on it. You're not perfect, but you're still working on it. <laughs> yeah. You are still celebrating the victory that comes month after month of having yeah. gone past it and not to shame the old you because like Annie, Annie says this sometimes, Annie F. Down says this sometimes yeah. in the podcast. She says that that girl, the me at 12, the me at 15, she was doing the best she could with what she had. Yes. And then how Annie has talked about like, I don't like those, those um ads that have the big pants in front of the person and then they drop yeah. and they're smaller because, I hate because it's shaming the person that it used to be or that you used to be and i think what i hear from you is this aspect of like i'm owning every part of my story and at the same time i've taken ownership of these things that have been hard and these unknown pieces in you and these good pieces in you you're taking ownership of things that are building your confidence too and that comes with opera and i at some point later down the road, I'd love to have you maybe sing some opera on the podcast. That would be so Ooh. fun. It would be so fun. Or, or my heart is just beating super fast. <laughs> <laughs> in the in the environment and in the spirit of Zoom, like there is so many ways that you can just host a True. Zoom, make everybody mute their microphones and sing. Right. <laughs> a Zoom recital. Oh, I can't wait to hear how this one goes. So the last <laughs> question that I love to ask my friends who come on is who are you in the audience of in your own life? It doesn't have to be like a Jesse, um, mm -hmm. it can be, who are you in the audience of and like championing from the sidelines? I am in the audience of disclaimer. This was not discussed beforehand. This is authentic and true. I get to sit in the audience of three amazing women who I call my cheetah sisters. And that is Iman, Rebecca, and the person I get to do this interview with Sienna. They have, all three come into my life at different points in different times where I really needed someone, didn't realize I needed someone, but they were there. God like put them in the perfect place, at the perfect time. And they have seen me through the good, the bad, the ugly, and the ghetto hot mess. And it has been the best journey. I love all three of them. I love the diversity we have with each other. I love the authenticity we have with each other. And it's, the greatest gift I honestly could have ever been given and getting to see them win and succeed in all these different fields. Sienna with the podcast, Rebecca going back to grad school, getting her master's, Iman doing so many incredible things. She is a lead praise and worship singer at her church. She's starting her makeup business again, just so many different things. I get to sit and go, wow, these girls are freaking baddies. Like, these are bad <laughs> women doing bad things for Jesus. I'm here for it. Come on. <laughs> well, I love you, friend. Thank you so I much. You. you are a gift to so many people around you. And I know that. And I've said that multiple times in this. But your authenticity is, I just champion that in you. You are a brave um, person who is, I think, on this journey of being in your mid-20s and who is navigating this kind of, discovering season that yeah. is so purpose and purposeful so i can't wait to see what is in store for you after covid um and in the midst of covid i can't wait for this zoom recital um i'm so, oh, so you're speaking it into existence okay. honestly what better way to reveal and unleash a gifting inside of you than to 
give it to your community in the same way that you're saying, what better way to unleash these chains in my life than to speak, speak it out that I have struggled with addiction and things like that. So wow. what better way I never to thought about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, friends, I hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Taylor as much as I did. It was incredibly, I think, humbling to just get on to be on the other side of her being so honest with her story and with her personal struggles. And she truly was incredibly vulnerable on the even on the call with me and I am just so honored again for that so if there was anything in her story that stood out to you or that you have questions on or that really maybe that even you connect with I would really encourage you to reach out to Taylor you can message her on Instagram at Taylor Victoria Star and she would be happy to hear from you and have a have a conversation with you as well so thank you friends for tuning in to this episode with Taylor and we will see you back in a couple of weeks for our next episode